The Nonprofit Happy Hour. A weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do-gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Rachel Miller-Howard. To kick off Women's History Month, we bring you a conversation with Kim Stegeman, aka Rocket Mean, who's the executive director of the Rose City Rollers. This is the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm Phil Bussey. I'm talking with Kim Stegeman, who is the executive director for Rose City Rollers, who, yes, are a nonprofit. We are. We are a 501c3. Um, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. So 2018 world champions. Yes. Actually, this is the third time we've been world champions. We just let uh, Victoria from Australia have it for one year, and then we took it back. So, so let's talk about that. So, I mean, does that make you guys a dynasty? Oh, well, um, it's funny because um, prior to us taking the win from New York, New York had had it for like many, many years. So people kind of treated them like the Yankees and were like, meh. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, we've seen a little bit of that now where people are like, they want anybody but us to win. But at the same time, people move here from all over the world to play for Rose City. Um, not only because it's a great organization when it comes to you know, the sport and being at the top of our game, but also as an organization, you know, we're big and we have Derby at every level down to seven years old, tons of skating for the recreational players. And so people come and they're like, oh, oh yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to talk about like what what makes you guys so good. I mean, it, it, it can't it is obviously the players, but there has to be an organizational structure that that fosters that and that continues to support it. Definitely. I mean, um, so I'm the founder of Rose City. Um, so we started back in 2004. And I think one of the things is that 2004 in Portland was very, um, it was, you know, a great place for roller derby, right? It had a lot of people who had kind of that rebellious spirit, but also really fun and theatrical. Um, and it had a lot of women who wanted to have a sense of community, have a good time, and then play a sport where a lot of the people that come to derby didn't come from a sports background. So I think a lot of that is still true today. And so what happened is we started, you know, this kind of rough and rugged sport where me and a bunch of friends were, you know, knocking the snot out of each other, um, having beers afterwards. Um, But then all of a sudden we had that, this really means something to the people that are doing it. And that's when we were like, that was like the birth of the business side of it. Um, and you know, I came from a background of advertising and marketing. And so I already knew how to kind of do a lot of the, Hey, how do I bring in more people to watch the game? How do I bring in skaters to be a part of the, um, the, the organization? But then it really took looking around our membership and going, okay, well, who has resources to help us know what to do? Um, one of our skaters, um, scratcher in the eye, she said to me, Hey, mean you've got to figure out how to do strategic planning you know you've got to get our board so it's like acting like a nonprofit board you have a lot of responsibility running this nonprofit um and so then it was really a matter of how do we build out the business to be you know a viable business that people you know want to see what our product is like derby how do you make it fun um and my answer was you do market research over and over and over again 
to figure out what your audience wants. On the flip side, how do we be accountable to our members and volunteers and provide them an experience that is meaningful to them? Um, and again, that's a matter of letting them really kind of help lead the charge. Derby, as I say, it is like the great choose your own adventure. For members, you come in, you can skate, you can volunteer, you can do both. Um, you can also have a lot of ownership because we decided years ago, while we're democratic, we don't want it to be this thing where there's a bunch of people off to the side that are making all the decisions for people. So we really just spread out decision making. And so that's made our organization really be able to grow without having somebody like me at the helm being the bottleneck. And and so, I mean, becoming more formalized and organized, uh, does it lose some of the scrappy charm? Or how do you preserve that? Um, I think... I think the biggest thing is letting kind of the membership dictate what the look and the feel of uh, of who we are and what we present has a lot. That's how we kind of preserve it. Yeah, I mean, it's different. Like back back in the day when I started it, the bulk of our skaters were all in their 30s um, and there was no kids yet. So we didn't have to worry about. Yeah, we had to worry a little bit about if we have younger audience members, how do we make sure this is age appropriate? Now we go down to age seven. That's a different ball of wax. I have, you know, 157 to 12 year olds. Um, and so we've definitely had shifts where we're like, okay, we're intentionally doing advertising and bringing in kids. Uh, we're intentionally retaining, you know, the adult program and growing that program. And how do the two meld? I mean, I think that definitely we lost a little bit of our rugged edge as far as, um, you know, the DIY nature. Like our uniforms used to fall apart on the track. People loved it, um, and people got mad when we got uniforms. I remember it was like a, it was an outrage, or when the skaters were told you couldn't drink before practice anymore. That, you know there was an outrage, but at the same time, you know we've grown up and we've really held on to one of the core things about Rose City Rollers that people loved. People loved being a part of a community. They loved the sport and the athleticism of it, and they loved the good time of it and kind of the the giving back. You know, where it's, you know, we're a nonprofit and everybody volunteers and you learn that volunteering is awesome. They take that out into the world and do that. Right. So I think that we did trade off some of that. But at the same time, it's not a horrible thing. Yeah, there was definitely people who have been um, like, oh, you know, Derby sucks now. It's just like some homogenized sport and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, those people were there for that part of Derby and it's fine that they move on. And, 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 I mean, before we start recording, you talked about that a little bit, that some of that uh, uh, theatrics of the early days of Derby, which which also corresponds some with, with a different era in Portland, yeah. uh, that, that, that's been evolved out of. And, yeah, I mean, um, Cat Daddy, who is um, one of the owners of Voodoo Donuts, uh, he was like our first MC, And so he really brought the, um, plus uh, Jeffrey Wonderful, um, who did like... Um, chariots of rubber and fantastic rock operas and stuff um so they really brought their kind of you know the, <laughs> their suits and stuff and their hilarious announcing um allison who was one of our first uh announcers also came in carried on a chariot where she was skating on top of a platform being carried by guys in loincloths we had the huge light show at the expo center um but this also was we only had Four home teams, and so we only had one game per month. 
right? So yes, we could do all those theatrics and stuff when you only have one game a month. And yes, we could spend all the time just bringing that one audience. Now we host like 35 to 40 games a year. I mean, that is a high volume. So by necessity, it had to change the way the product came out looking. That's a horrible thing to say to product. <laughs> Bouts. Bouts look different by necessity, but it also means that we're able to provide that experience of playing in public to a lot more people. I mean, if you consider back then, 80 skaters got to play derby in front of an audience. Now you've got hundreds and hundreds of skaters that play derby in front of an audience. Um so I think we've just kind of broadened the number of people that really get to enjoy that whole entire thing. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the numbers. So uh, 400, 400, I, I, I believe this is off your website, 400 smart, tough, accomplished women who skate fast, hit hard, and defy stereotypes about female athletes and women's sports. Um, yeah, we're actually closer to about 530 people. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, it is a lot. And I mean, we are also, um, some of that just sounds kind of outdated because, um, you know, we are very... Uh, we're a nonprofit that is for women and girls, but we're also um, we're totally welcoming to uh, non-binary skaters. Um, we're really gender inclusive, and it really comes down to: Do you feel like um, women's derby is the place for you? Then you're welcome. And 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 I mean, talk to me about that a little bit. Like, what makes a good player? What makes a good skater? What makes a good member of Roller uh, Rose City Rollers? I mean, those are those are very different things that you just ask. Um, what makes a good skater largely is going to be somebody who has that dedication when they get knocked down, they get back up, who comes to practice, um, who is wanting to learn, who is wanting to help their teammates. Um, I mean, that's who the, you know, the skaters are that when you're a coach, you're like, yeah, I want that person on my team. Um, who's a good member is more of a... Do you love the organization? Um, do you have time and ability to give back? Uh, do you come to it from a perspective where you really embrace our core values? Are you trying to make it better? Are you trusting your you know, um, fellow members to bring their best to the table? Uh, so, yeah, it's, it, they're, they're, they're different answers, but they all kind of go along the same vein. You know, do you really embrace the culture of Rose City Rollers? And four or five hundred members. That's a lot of names to keep track of. Oh, man. I feel well, I mean, considering I've been here since the beginning. So I have the thousands of skaters that came before them. So I always laugh. And plus, people come in with a, you know, their uh, legal name. And then after six months, they earn their skate name and they make it up themselves, whatever kind of jives with, you know, who they are. Um, but it's pretty funny when people act like they're offended that I haven't memorized their skate name, you know, two weeks after they got it. And I'm like, dude, there's a lot of you. There's one of me. Kim Kim Stegeman is executive director of Rose City Rollers. What and, and your your skate name is? Rocket Mean. So let's let's take also a little a quick music break here, which which uh uh bounces off of that name a bit. So the song we're gonna listen to is Rocket Queen by Guns and Rollers. Oh wait. Guns and Roses. I can't even say the name right anymore. <laughs> Let's take a listen.
That was, of course, Guns N' Roses. We are in, this is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am joined with Kim Stegeman, who is executive director, uh, also goes by Rocket Mean, of Rose City Rollers. So I want to talk about uh, just some of the nonprofit functioning of Rose City Rollers. You ask or you request or you inspire participants to volunteer for other organizations. Uh, yeah, I mean, internally and externally, I think one of the um, beauties of being a nonprofit, first off, we wouldn't function if our members didn't um, volunteer with us because we are largely run. Um, I think we have the equivalent of like 40 staff based on the sheer volunteer hours that our members give us. Um, the other thing with that is you bring people to Derby and they are in love with what they're doing. So they're giving back to our organization, but then we also provide opportunities for them to give back to other nonprofits. Um, it is one of our coming strategic goals to um, to even further that so that we have regular events where we go out as a gang and volunteer for other nonprofits doing all kinds of projects. Um, I mean, we do things where we go out and do beach cleanups. We do um, the uh, planting of trees. Uh, we do fundraising activities with other nonprofits. We'll volunteer um, at different events where it's benefiting another nonprofit. I think the beauty part is. Are, that, are you guys showing up in costume for these? Uh, no. Anywhere we go, we have on, um, you know, derby gear. Right. Because, um, you know, I want people to make sure that they're kind of representing us. And it gives people an easy way to talk to you. Certainly. I mean, like, you know, and most derby girls, sorry, derby skaters have. Uh, Something with their name on it. It's like it's a part of Derby that we all just love wearing our names. And so it gives somebody an easy opening to ask you about, you know, your Derby experience. Why have you been drawn to Derby um, to, you know, to break down some of the misconceptions about what Derby is? Everybody walks up to you and goes, so there's a lot of this, huh? <laughs> like there's actually no elbowing in roller Derby. Um, and, and, and I mean, are people surprised when they show up for their first practice and they, they, they are told or recognize it's a nonprofit? Um, I think that we're always kind of battling an uphill battle with uh, people understanding that we are a 501c3 nonprofit, um, largely because of the fact that we have a lot more earned income than um, a traditional nonprofit. And you also don't see us kind of put, putting ourselves um, against any kind of vital services and being like, you know, we're as vitally important as that, even though we are. I mean, roller derby changes lives. Like the women and girls that come to derby – um, and, you know, the non-binary skaters, they come, they increase in, you know, their physical ability, they learn confidence, they learn leadership, they learn what it means to be a team player. Um, so there's all these great things where we're helping these people become better members of society. They also come in and realize, you know, giving back is awesome, you know, that it's kind of a great thing that makes our society function. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is a lot of People that would come to Derby on the surface and look at it and go, "This doesn't look like a nonprofit to me." And did did you when when you first started when you first started Rose City Rollers, uh, did you have this philosophy of of giving and community based? I mean, was was that formalized in your mind, or is that something that's also grown with the organization? Um, both, I suppose. Uh, I came from I came from a roller skating background, so I mean that was piece was very natural. Um, I was also, this is funny because I'm really non-religious, but I was in an organization called Rainbow, which was a Masonic service organization. Um, and so the religious part didn't jive with me really. Like it didn't like have to be absorbed, but 
the community part really did because I was a great natural leader. Um, and I liked going and doing the volunteer gigs that we did. Um, I also really liked riding on floats. Who knew? <laughs> Um, that that is that is an uh, a, a skill that apparently <laughs> is maybe only triggered when you get on your first float. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what 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 opportunities do you have to be on floats? Not anymore. I mean, when I was in this youth organization, they put uh, go, you okay. on hoops and crenolins and put you on floats. And but we did a lot of service stuff. And so to me, it was one of those things where it definitely made me not feel scared of going and volunteering, which I think is one of the things that holds people back. If I go and I sign up to go volunteer with whatever nonprofit it is, they're going to rope me in forever and I'm going to be on their call list and it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to go in and have to volunteer and I don't know anybody there. And so to me, the idea of getting together as a gang and um, going and doing a volunteer gig together, I think, is a very comfortable, fun thing. Um, and I think that it's something that that I like passing on to other people because you know, it's a great way to bond with your friends, to give back. Um, and it's not a scary thing if you, you know, if, if you do it, if you have a mechanism to help you do it. Um, so like the first time I ever took a gang of Rose City Rollers to go do something, I had people tell me I had never gone and volunteered externally before um, because it was kind of intimidating. And so I like that angle. It's like, take your friends, do this thing. You're going to have a good time. Is there is there a lifespan for uh, ro- <laughs> uh, roller derby participants? I mean, it's it's you 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 have them uh, starting now at seven. You have you have a hundred plus uh, young girls uh, that are participating. What's what's your oldest player? Well, I I mean, uh, she's over fifty five. All right, <laughs> um, she's totally awesome. But I mean, I think that there's not the lifespan doesn't have so much to do with. Um, the age of a person, but it has to do with kind of what part of their life they're in and does this fit in their life. So, for example, we have, uh, you know, 100 teenagers, but they, a lot of them kind of drop off when they're at, like, you know, the junior year of high school. And that getting getting into being adulthood and being on their own, that's a rough period to be able to also have practices on a regular basis and all this kind of stuff because they're trying to figure out how to adult. Um, on... I mean, I think our, our largest population tends to be uh, skaters who are in their 30s, 40s, have their life kind of established and are looking for that thing that they love and own. Um, and so that's kind of where it really fits into life. Um, as far as your body breaking down, that's just really dependent on the skater. I mean, I have skaters who have been skating now for a decade. and But myself, like, I kept breaking things. Um, and, I mean, some of it was, you know while I was playing derby and some of it was while I was a derby player, but breaking it, doing other things like falling off bicycles. Um, so it just depends. I mean, uh, yeah, some people last a long time and other people, you know, five years. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, better, which is the better roller derby movie, the Raquel Welch or the Drew Barrymore? Um, I love the Raquel Welch for the nostalgia. Um, but the movie Whip It, um, and it's funny because um, uh, when Whip It came out, a lot of people were really like um, sandbagging it, and they were like, uh, "I'm like, here's the thing, though. One of the beautiful things about roller derby is seeing somebody come to um, a sport in a community they've never seen or you know been a part of. Right? There's not a lot of experience where people are like, "Oh, oh yes, I've done that." So they come to it, and they have that. Oh my gosh, I found my thing. 
I see it in, you know, eight-year-olds. I see it in 40-year-olds. But they get that spark of that thing that really they fall in love with. They have passion for it. Um, you know, they change the way they work. They, they're like, I want to make this fit in my life. I want to make this a priority. I love it. I have, you know, my tribe of people that I've been looking for. I found it there. That movie captured that feeling where she's like, I want to change my life. This was like the thing that sparked who she's going to be. And I was like, man, I love it for that reason, even though it's still kind of like Hollywood and ridiculous. Fair enough. Fair enough. That was that was a, a, a very good analysis, perhaps an, uh, more of an analysis than than I would have ever expected for Whippet. Um, so <laughs> practices still are at Oaks Park. Uh, yes, for the time being. Um, so we are at Oaks Park. We have our own building on the property of Oaks Park. It's an 11,000 square foot hangar. Um, we have to move. And um, we are looking currently for something that's, you know, 25,000 square feet or a chunk of land that's three acres that we could build on. Um, we're also looking for other nonprofit partners. And in the near future, we're probably going to be announcing a pretty cool partnership. Um, but we're looking for other partners who want to go in on um, finding or being like on a campus with us or being in a building with us. Um, yeah, I mean, we are bursting at the seams. I've, we're, we're using 50 hours a week of practice time, which is crazy. It means people are going late into the night and starting really early in the morning. Um, but, yeah, we want to expand our programming, um, and we've got to move out of that building because of fire code. Um, but for the time being, there are games there. There are practices there pretty much every hour of the day. I think it'd be it'd be a very specific or uh, nonprofit that would be able to share a space with you guys. I, I imagine your practices are not quiet affairs. Yeah, but you know what? We also have um, a floor that is uh, ten thousand square feet that nobody uses from eight a.m. until three p.m. So if there's a nonprofit out there that's like, oh my gosh, like reach out to me, <laughs> we can talk. <laughs> um, Kim Stegeman is executive director for Rose City Rollers. Uh, thank you for all the work that you've done. It's, it's. I mean, I think it's fascinating that the uh, the, the the bouts, the matches, bouts or matches, both. You can call. Okay. Them. Yeah, we're not uh, are the tip of the iceberg. Yes, it is definitely. There's so much. It is the tip of the iceberg. Um, I mean, it's so much more as far as it's really a choose your own adventure of you know people coming in and finding their thing and. Yeah, you know, I mean, the bulk of the work in the organization is done by volunteers. Uh, the bulk of the decision making in the organization is done by volunteers. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to see. I mean, uh, myself and my staff do provide a lot of the structure, um, but you know, we don't provide provide the bulk of the work. Um, and you know, I mean, when you get to a game, if you look around, you walk into a game, you know, those officials that are there that are running, there's 16 officials per game. Those officials are volunteers. Those skaters are volunteers. They pay monthly dues. The people working in the merch booth, the people working in the front door, like it is, it is a crazy big animal. I, I, I you know, I feel like you've uh, for the last half hour made the sales pitch for why uh, roller derby is a great sport, why uh, Rose City Rollers is a great uh, organization slash gang. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Do you want to close out our conversation, though, to make a make a pitch for somebody that, that right now is on the fence thinking about joining? Oh, I mean, if you're thinking about joining, just come out, meet the people. You're going to love it. You know, it is definitely a choose-your-own-adventure of life, and you'll have a good time. I'd also like to make a pitch for anybody in the Portland area that has a twenty-five to 40000 square foot building <laughs> that might want to sell or lease it to the Rose City Rollers. <laughs> I hope you guys find the right spot. Thank you so much for coming in. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.
nonprofit happy hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corp that holds to a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our producer is me, Rachel Miller-Howard. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, and ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.